Well, good morning, church. It's good to see all of you. I missed seeing you last Sunday. We missed seeing you too, Joe. I know. Isn't it, isn't it crazy? Yeah. I'm glad that you're here today. It is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 My family and some friends uh, had made a decision several months ago to, to go to uh, Southern Colorado uh, last weekend and ride some four-wheelers, and, and we did that, and we all got back in one piece, which is a great success when people are riding four-wheelers. But it was good to see God's beautiful country. Uh, there's still a lot of snow in the mountains, and some of the trails were closed, but that didn't keep us from riding and, and just enjoying creation. One of, the, one of the reasons I love going to Colorado and riding the trails is my cell phone doesn't work. I get completely disconnected, and, and, and that, that's a good thing. But I thought about you guys. I did for a fact. thought about you. We were coming home Sunday, and I thought about you, and thought about Perry preaching, and then I started hearing everybody bragging about how good a job Perry did, and so I stopped thinking about Perry. I was like, come on, man. Uh, but, uh, but, man, Brenda, you must have done a whale of a job writing that sermon for him, girl. You, absolutely you did. I may need to get you to write me a couple and, and uh, see, see how that plays out. But uh, uh, we, we uh, got back in Sunday, and then Monday afternoon I was at False Creek, and I went by the, uh, the, your cabin, and there I saw Nick uh, playing basketball. It looked like Gulliver and the Lilliputians because, <laughs> because he was playing fourth and fifth and sixth grade girls, right? And here's Nick, and you know what? Nick can't play ball at all. But those little girls were taking him to school. It was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. I just sat there and kind of soaked in the, the joy of that for a little bit. Uh, but you, you don't give up, Nick. You keep trying, brother, and maybe soon, someday you'll be able to beat a fourth-grade girl at basketball. So y'all, uh, <laughs> y'all pray for Nick. And I'll get down there this week uh, to be with, uh, with the students on, on one of those days. I, I, I'm looking for the menu uh, because normally the Lord moves me according to what food's going to be prepared. And so if I can get the menu for Falls Creek uh, this week, that will, that will determine what week I sh- or what day I show up at the, at the Indian cabin. Uh, but it, it is good to be back with you, and it's good to see you. Uh, we uh, have come to a most important time in the life of your church and, and in the processes of, of moving forward. Many of you will remember way back at the end of last October when I first came to, to be with you and one of the first things we did was elect a transition team, and nobody really knew what a transition team was, but we elected one, and, and they started meeting and, and have met and met and met and met, and some of them would want to continue that uh, uh, on and on. But I'm going to tell you, when we, they don't want to keep meeting. I mean, they just say, yeah, Joe, we met in... And, uh, but I want to tell you, when we first started meeting, it was, it was, it was really a curious thing. I, I was trying to get acquainted with them and they were trying to figure me out. And that, that's quite a, that was quite a contest. But over the weeks that we met and over the months that we met, I very quickly learned to love the transition team as an extension of this church. And what I discovered about the transition team is they have a great love for First Baptist Enid. And, and great hope for her glorious future. We talked about hard things in the transition team. And I would be honest with you and say that at times there were some disagreements, but no one was ever disagreeable. 
And as we worked through the hard things and people had different opinions, there were many opportunities for the enemy of our souls to insert himself and blow that thing up. And you know what? It never happened. And I'm going to tell you why it didn't happen. And it's because the Holy Spirit was at work in the lives of our transition team and in the life of your church. And as we walk through all the things that we walk through, one of the primary things that I experienced was a unity that can only come from the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 17, Jesus said, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Watch out now. They may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the word or that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I've given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. Watch. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. You see, the unity of the church is evidence that God sent Jesus. Isn't that an amazing thought? That the unity of the church is evidence that God sent Jesus. And so as the transition met, one of the things that kept showing itself over and over and over again was this God-given unity, which is proof that God sent Jesus to this world. The transition team has done hard work, long, hard work. They are now ready to present their report to you. The reason you don't have a copy of the report in your hands is we want you to listen with your ears and with your heart and with your spirit. When you leave today, you'll be given a copy so that you can read it for yourself. There will be a couple of weeks that we will ask you to read that report and to pray about that and to pray about that and to pray about the Did I mention that we want you to pray about it? And during those two weeks, you can talk to the transition team members. You can talk to me about anything in the report that you would like. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll come back together in a business meeting and ask the church to affirm the transition report as a statement of unity, as a statement of future looking, as a statement of preparation for the beginning of the search for your new pastor. This is heavy stuff that we do today. But I'm telling you, it's exciting stuff. This is it. This is it. So you listen carefully, will you please? Can I ask you to do that with your eyes open? Some of you in this church listen with your eyes closed. I've noticed that when I'm preaching. Yeah. That is a unique gift that you have. So I'm going I'm to ask you to try to do it differently and listen with your eyes open today and listen with your heart open. And again, there will, you'll get a copy on your way out and there will be plenty of opportunities for you to ask questions in the next couple of weeks 
And then um, two weeks from today, we'll have that special business meeting. You can ask questions in if you'd like. And then we'll ask you to vote. It's an overwhelming show of unity. And once your transition report is approved, then the next step will be to elect your search team. And the next step will be to welcome your new pastor. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo, right? Yeah, y'all should be excited about that. That means you're about done with me. Woohoo! We're finally going to get a guy that can preach like Perry Walker. How cool is that? All right. We're going to ask the transition team to come. Uh, y'all, uh, y'all encourage them. Y'all give them a round of applause. They're, they're, they've worked hard. Here they come. Most of them have a smile on their face. <laughs> Some of them didn't know that there was two eight o'clocks on the clock. So this is the transition team. Part of it. Part of it, yeah. So I'm going to go sit down and listen with my eyes open and uh, let this group make their presentation. Not all of them will speak. Woohoo, right? Because you were thinking, if all of them are going to talk, we're going to be here till noon. They're not all going to talk. We, we did rock, paper, scissors, and figured out who was going to get to talk. Uh, and we learned new parts of rock, paper, scissors that will not make the report, but nevertheless is important. You all ready? Yeah, let me pray, and then we'll begin. Father God, we are grateful for this Lord's Day, grateful that we can come together and, and, and praise you and sing songs to you and fellowship with one another, that we, Father, can think about the future that you have prepared for this church God, I thank you for the people that are on this platform with me, for the way they have tolerated me and, and allowed me to speak into them. And, and God, the way that, that you have united our hearts together as we think about the future of this great church. I pray, God, that as this team presents this morning, that we will hear it as you intend for us to hear it. God, that, that, that our spirits will will communicate with one another as only they can in you, and we'll know this is, this is what you want for this church, and that, God, this church will stand as one to say this is our direction, this is where we're going, this is what we're going to do, even as they prepare for the man that you've chosen to come and be their pastor. God, get great glory today. Help, help us, Father, to hear this word through the ears of your Holy Spirit who indwells us. God, we ask that for your great glory and for the good of this church. In the blessed name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. And all the Lord's people said, amen. amen. All ready? There we go. As the bride of Christ, our church is called to do many things. Each of these things fall under obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will accomplish our purpose by engaging all parts of the church body so we can shine God's light to the rest of the world and glorify him. Your transition team held its first meeting on Sunday, October 25th with 23 members. This group has met for approximately 90 minutes weekly since then. During the first weeks, we examined our churches and our community's demographics and our church's current and aspirational values. The team was then expanded to 47 members in March. 
These individuals represented varying age groups, life stages, and years of membership at FBC Enid. As a large group, we were broken into we were then broken into six task forces: worship, discipleship, fellowship, evangelism, missions, and ministry. Each of these task force groups met for six weeks to develop, to deeply examine and the correct state of each of these topics within our church and where we would like to see our church in the future. As we look to scripture, we are focused back to our church's mission statement and feel each of the task force's recommendations fall within the tenets of loving God, serving others, and making disciples. Your worship task force presents these recommendations as we love God, serve others, and make disciples. One, place more emphasis on prayer by incorporating various techniques such as guided silent prayer, verbal simultaneous congregational prayer, various persons leading in prayer, one-sentence testimonies as prayer. Two, show our love to God by bringing offerings to him. Deuteronomy 16.16 says, When we come into God's house, we shall not come empty-handed. Suggested offerings are offerings of praise and thanksgiving, tithes and special offerings, and offering our time and talents. Three, Involve more people in worship. We'll do this by, one, rotating volunteers in extended session, in media, and as greeters, and by using skits, drama, testimonies, music by all age groups, and pronouncing blessings on the congregation. Also, we will provide children's weekly worship packets and occasionally we will have children's sermons. Number four, shine our light by worshiping outside the walls of the church. We can host a picnic or block party with praise band and testimonies and food and fun. And we can include a scriptural proclamation to challenge and commission us as we end each worship service. Your Discipleship Task Force presents these recommendations that embody the tenets of making disciples. Discipleship is a lifelong personal pursuit of glorifying God by living like Jesus Christ. To help facilitate this pur purpose, pursuit, we shall provide opportunities to grow through the study of God's word, prayer, and worship, connect to the believers in large and small group settings, serve inside and outside the community as the body of Christ. These opportunities include Sunday worship service, Wednesday night meeting and Bible study, Sunday school. The purpose of Sunday school groups is to help you as a Christian to grow in the faith, connect with other believers in caring relationships, and equip you for the work of the Great Commission. Core Sunday School groups will be offered in age-appropriate, developmentally appropriate settings from birth through high school. Adult Sunday School departments based on age will be replaced 
with more flexible core Sunday school groups based on common life interests such as young adults, adults with preschoolers, adults with grade school children, adults with teenagers, adults with adult children, singles, single adults, ladies and men's groups, and co-ed groups. Southern Baptist curriculum will be used to encore Sunday school groups. Special interest group studies will be offered at various times during the Sunday school hour or other times. They will cover topics of interest and need and needs for a specific number of weeks. At the conclusion of, these, of the study, members will be encouraged to join a core Sunday school group. Core Sunday school groups and special interest groups study material shall be approved through church leadership. All core Sunday school groups and special interest group studies will be based in an updated written document stating the group name, facilitator, room number, and description of the curriculum. Life groups. These groups meet on Sunday nights or during the week in homes across Enid as well as in our church building. The purpose of these groups is designed to focus on spiritual growth. Life groups will, be, will meet during the following months, January through May, September through December. Organizational, informational, and promotional meetings will occur in August and December of each year to train new life group facilitators, form new life groups, and register new members. Life group studies will be approved through church leadership. Special opportunities, which can include discovery luncheon. This luncheon will be held bi-monthly on a Sunday for a group or, or for guests or new members who would like to know more about our church, meet our staff, and discover their place of service in God's family and the ministries of our church. New Believers Group. These studies will explore the meaning and security of your relationship with Christ as well as give you a practical spiritual guidelines for growth in your faith. January Bible Study. This annual church-wide Bible study provides an in-depth study of a book of the Bible or other timely messages for our church. Life-on-life -life mentorship. A structured ministry developed to initiate one-on-one -on -one relationships or small groups of people where small groups of people study God's word and living life together through mentor men, mentee roles. Your fellowship task force recommends regular scheduled activities to bring our congregation together and, and help First Baptist Church realize and maintain our goal of serving others. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia, sharing in and having communion with each other. Following are a few examples uh, that will give us an opportunity to connect with our fellow FPC members in true Quinonia. Special fellowship activities, outdoor dinner and movie events, uh, BBS movie night, Valentine's party, potlucks, cookout, picnics, uh, Thanksgiving dinner, and ongoing fellowship activities to encourage life, uh, living life together would be like life groups and prime timers and Sunday school breakfasts. Your evangelism task force sees the emerging vision of our church as motivating personal and corporate evangelism. We'll seek to engage all church members in both an in-Enid and an out-of-Enid evangelistic outing by December 2022. The staff will communicate all the opportunities uh, for those things to our members. Engaging 
in these outings includes going, praying, and providing funds to send others. Missions Committee will create a share night for the church with uh, participants' reports. Um, we also seek to develop a detailed follow-up plan for all in evangelistic efforts. Your missions task force recommends the following action steps in the area of cross-cultural missions to help FBC Enid realize our goals of becoming heartbroken for the lost, serving people, and making disciples of all nations. We would like to call a lead pastor who's experienced with, supports, and participates in Southern Baptist mission efforts. Encourage called staff members to participate in a mission project every one to two years. Over the next 18 months, develop a five-year plan to engage an unreached people group in partnership with IMB personnel. Partner with the Cherokee Strip Baptist Association on stateside mission opportunities. Seek local mission opportunities. Have 75% of active First Baptist Church members participating in missions annually through going, giving, and or praying. Increase our annual budget giving percentage by adding a line item of one-half to one percent for the Missions and Evangelism Committee beginning in 2022. Then our Missions and Evangelism Committee will lead in discipling our members in the area of missions by incorporating teaching opportunities on missions into our children's programs, developing special mission emphasis Sunday school lessons, hosting missionary speakers, Emphasizing and educating our members on Southern Baptist mission offerings and organizations. Highlighting Southern Baptist missionaries who are currently serving and who are directly impacted through our special mission offerings. And have commissioning and celebration times for our mission teams that FBC sends out. Your ministry task force wants our church to become passionate about helping members realize their God-given potential to use for his glory. In order to achieve that goal, we present these recommendations to help guide successful ministry as we serve others. Ministry is meeting the real needs of real people. Number one, the leadership team should designate a task force to evaluate current ministries as well as research and identify ministry opportunities in our church and our community. Build a framework for successful ministries by developing training and organization to match people with ministries and develop their God-given strengths in areas of service. Ask church leadership to be personally involved in different ministries of the church. And starting with the 2022 budget, create a line item in the budget to celebrate the contributions of those serving in the ministries of the church to be organized and led by the deacons. We should grow healthy ministries to ensure our longevity, their longevity. By training apprentices in every ministry and small group, by creating a definite timeline of service in each ministry, example, one month, one semester, or one year, creating better communication processes throughout all areas of the church, utilizing Realm more fully, which is a software already in use by our office, make extra announcement sheets to hand out in Sunday school classes for those who do not utilize electronic communication, and develop a yearly church calendar and make it available to everyone. We also want to match people with ministry, both to be served and to serve. Addressing the needs of members through special Bible study classes, small groups, retreats, etc. 
designating a Sunday for all teachers to present a lesson on spiritual gifts and provide every church member an avenue to finding a ministry in which they can serve the Lord through their God-given gifts and abilities. Host a ministry fair host a ministry fair um, to highlight all our ministry opportunities and encourage each Sunday school, life group, and small group to adopt a current church ministry. We would also like to create a timeline to highlight ministries monthly during our worship service by identifying a ministry, talking about the successes of that ministry, giving a call to action, how to get involved, and who to contact. We also want to advertise FBC ministries to the community, as well as inform FBC of community ministries that complement our stated values and our staff approved. Finally, we would like to develop processes to capture information, such as contact information and attendance, about those who serve and those who are served. That completes the task force um, reports, and here's the closing. As we have gone through this transition process, Your transition team has experienced a unity of mind that can only come from the Holy Spirit. We hope that the members of our church can see that unity in this report. Thank you for the love, support, and patience of our church family has given to our team. As we move forward, it is the prayer of every member of the transition team that our church continues to glorify God in all we do as we focus on loving him, serving others, and making disciples. Thank you. <laughs> How about that? Amen. Yeah. Amen. I felt, um, I, I'm, I would say to you that um, if my wife and I were looking for a church home, and we found the church that's described in that transition report, we'd join. Uh, I would want to be a part of a church like that. Uh, and I want you to think about it in, in those terms as well. And remember that you'll get a copy of that report on your way out uh, this morning. Uh, normally I preach for about 35 minutes, so we got, we got plenty of time for you to think about getting your, uh, your transition report. I won't preach for that long. Um, and the schedule... Not next week, but the Sunday after. We'll have a special call business meeting. Any public questions that need to be asked can be asked at that time, and then we'll ask the church to, to approve and, and support that transition report. Once the transition report is approved, uh, then the next step for the church will be to elect uh, your pastor search committee, and then their job will be not to go find a pastor, but to go find the man that God has prepared to be your next pastor. So this is high times, right? For First Baptist Union, this is like woohoo days. This is really good. Y'all should be excited. And some of you should let your faces know just how excited your heart feels right now. And it'll, it'll be good. I, I do want to take uh, just a moment uh, or two, literally, and wrap up Romans chapter 8. This will, this will be the end of uh, the, the series uh, on Romans chapter 8. Uh, the next time I get to preach to you, we're going to start a new series in the book of Proverbs, the Upside Down, Inside Out Life, uh, and, and Proverbs is always just a great book to read and to study, so we'll start that next time. Uh, today, we're going we're to kind of bring it to a close in, at the end of Romans chapter 8. Uh, we'll pick it up in verse 31, and here's what we read. 
What then shall we say to these things? And Paul, as he closes this chapter, has a bunch of rhetorical questions that he asks. And remember, rhetorical questions don't require an answer, but they demand an answer. Within our heart, we, we have to answer these. What shall we say to these things? What things is he talking about? All those things that he's already taught us in this chapter. All these things about no condemnation, about being adopted, about how creation is groaning, waiting for the revealing of the sons of God, about how all things work together for good. What then shall we say to these things? Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, then who can be against us? If God, listen to that. If God is for us, who can be against us? You, do you realize do, do you realize the Bible says that while we were yet enemies, Christ died for us? You ever think about that? While we were the enemies of God, God gave us his best, his only son, Jesus, and Jesus died on the cross for us. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how sh uh, will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Listen, God gave us Jesus while we were the enemies of God. Imagine what God would give us now that we are his children. You see, the, you see the transition in this, the upside down part of this? Uh, listen to what he says. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is, it to con who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Listen, focus right here. Who shall, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation do it? Shall distress do it? Shall persecution do it? Or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? What is it? Who is it that would dare try to separate the child of God from God the Father? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors, church. Do you hear the language? You know what that literally means? We are super conquerors. We are, we are superhero conquerors, right? You stand up and you, you thrust your chest out a bit and you put your, you put your fist on your hips like a, like, like a superhero and you let, the, you let the wind blow in your cape just a little bit. We are more than conquerors. I don't think you guys are following along. More than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else. <laughs> Don't you love that? He just gave us this long list. This long list. And then he said, and by the way, nothing else. Right? Nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that not good? Is that not just like good? Paul ends this incredible chapter by saying, listen, listen, nothing is going to separate you from the love of God. Once you're in, you're always in. Once you're saved, you're always saved. 
There is nothing in all of creation that can separate you. You can't separate yourself. Nothing and no one else can separate yourself. Listen, I know that when we Southern Baptists talk like that, that there are people that say, well, listen, Joe, you're just giving people a license to sin, right? You're just telling them just go off and live however they want to, and it'll be okay when they get to the end of it. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is the Bible is clear that nothing and no one shall be able to separate you from the love of God. I may have used this illustration before. If I have, act like you've never heard it. The Lord gave Gala, my wife, and I two boys, Andrew, the oldest, older, and Aaron, the younger. Gala and I both had great hopes for those boys. They were raised in church. They were raised under the gospel. Both of them um, saved at a young age. Our younger son is about to be ordained as a deacon. I don't know how that, what that's going to do to family gatherings. <laughs> when you put a preacher and a deacon in the same room together, it'll be interesting to see how. But man, we're proud of that. In a good gospel way, we're proud of that. But I want you to imagine something with me. I want you to imagine that either one or both of those boys just fell off the deep end and did something so heinous that it would just just cause Gail and I to be repelled. Imagine one of those boys or both of those boys of ours doing something so horrible that they would be put in the penitentiary for the rest of their lives, totally against their upbringing, totally against the gospel, totally against the way that Gail and I would have taught them to live. They went off and did that. Can I tell you something? Even if that were the case, those boys would still be my boys. I might not be proud of them. I might not appreciate what they did. But they'd still be mine. And you know why they'd be mine? Because they were born into my family. And you see, there was a day in my life that I was the enemy of God. And Jesus saved me. And when he saved me, I was born into God's family. And listen, as imperfect as a dad as I am, if I can stand before you and say it doesn't matter what my boys would do, they'd still be my boys. They could reject me. They could say, he's not my dad. You know what? It doesn't matter. They're my boys because they were born into my family. And if that be true about an imperfect dad like me, then how much more true must it be about a perfect father who gave us his only son, Jesus, that while we were yet the enemies of God, Christ died for us. Why? So we could be born into the family. Why? So we could forever be the children of God. Why? So that God could give us all things, including a glorious place in heaven, when our day comes. You bow your heads, close your eyes, will you? Some of you are in shock that I could preach a four-minute sermon. I might be among you. I may be a little shocked myself now that I think about it. But you bow your head and close your eyes. Could you just take a minute and give God glory in your heart or with your mouth or with your hands? Just give God glory that he has saved you, that he has brought you into the family of God, 
and that you are there forever, that nothing can separate you from the love of God? Can you just give God a little bit of glory this morning in your heart, with your words, or with your hands? Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for the security of that salvation. Thank you, God, that you are always my Father. Sounds impossible, doesn't it? Too good to be true. (laughs) You know what? It's true because I just read it to you in the Bible. If you don't know this God, you ought to give your life to him today. You ought to be saved today. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Give your life to him today. If you have been saved, you ought to continue to bring glory to him. Right? In your heart, with your mouth, with your hands. Thank you, God, for saving me. Listen to me. Listen to me as you thank him for saving you. Thank him for your church, for your church family. Thank him for this transition team that has worked so hard for these many months. In fact, if you're sitting close to to one of those folk, you ought ought to just kind of lean over a little bit and put your hand on their their shoulder and pray for them, will you? Because I wore them out. They got tired, but they didn't give up. For the sake of the church of Jesus Christ, they did not give up. You ought to put your hand on them and pray for them as we sing. John, come help us close this, will you? And together.